Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers about writers and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is July 26, 2017, and it's been an amazing, fabulous summer thus far. I just returned, my family and I just returned about a week or so ago from Montreal, and that was great fun. We actually took a train all the way there, actually three trains to get there, had to get up very early in the morning and leave out of Omaha, Nebraska. That train leaves at about 5.14 in the morning. We had to get up at three something to make it there on time. That was just crazy. That was absolutely insane. Um, So we made it on time and we went to Chicago on the California Zephyr, which I do recommend. That was a fun train. Um, And then we took two other trains to make it all the way to Montreal. Now, you may be wondering, why in the world did we go to Montreal and why do we do it by train? Well, we did it by train because I've always wanted to do a long train trip. And the second thing was that the International Positive Psychology Association, IPA, was hosting their fifth World Congress on positive psychology. And I wanted to attend that. And it it was on my bucket list for a while. I had learned about it a good year or so ago. And I'm like, oh, I really, I really want to go. So we all went and we had a great time. The other thing that was fabulous about that was it gave me an opportunity to be immersed in French and practice my French. And so that was really great. Had some hiccups, but overall it was great. I'm doing really well when it comes to reading signs and menus and things like that and understanding um, what someone is saying to me. But the speaking part, I'm not as fluent in that now. I was once, but I'm not now. So that's what I'm really working on is getting back towards fluency, uh, true fluency. So very exciting stuff, lots of fun. Now, in my absence, lots of things have happened, and I'm not going to go into all of them except for this one thing that I thought was super, super cool. I received this email from Draft to Digital, and I actually got it last week. So some of you may already know about this, some of you may not, but Draft to Digital, of course, partnered with Findaway Voices, and the article is titled that they partnered with Findaway Voices to provide alternative to ACX. And many of you know ACX is, you know, audiobooks, and they get uploaded to various places, Audible, right? So it's very exciting to know that Draft2Digital is now partnering with someone else who can help us to create audiobooks. That's very exciting news. And they say that the author owns all the rights. There's absolutely no exclusivity in it. It's uh, also available to international authors. You control the price, the marketing, all the promotions, and there's no fee for draft to digital authors. There was a fee of $49 that was an admin fee or something, but they, we don't have that now. And if your book is 72,000 words, they say that's about eight finished hours of audio. Now, if this sounds weird to you, when you're doing an audio book, that's how narrators get paid. They get paid based on the finished hours, not on studio hours. So 9,000 words is about one finished hour just to give you an idea. And six to eight weeks is a typical completion time. And you, it, this is where it sounded similar to ACX. You supply a sample chapter for the narrator to record so you can actually determine if that's a good fit for you and for your work. And it's about a 15 minute um, sample that they provide to you. There is no royalty sharing option. 
So that's another thing to be aware of. So check that out if you have not heard about it, or even if you have and you haven't moved on it, now is the time to go check that out and see what's going on. So I thought that was super exciting um, to check everything out there. Oh, wow, is that the positive psychology? I call it a conference. They call it a congress. Anyway, I received this magazine that I'd never heard of before, and it's called Live Happy. I don't read magazines generally. I don't buy them and, and that sort of thing. But I received this magazine. I, I was flipping through it. This is awesome. So that's something else to keep in mind. This magazine called Live Happy. I, I can't remember how many times a year they actually produce the magazine. This particular one is from May of 2017. And Queen Latifah is on the cover of this particular magazine. And they've got uh, articles on finding joy and ditch these five habits and bring spring home with fresh colors, you know, just some fun stuff. But aside from that, they've got these great articles. So one of them that I was about to read was why a sense of humor may be the most effective communication tool for your well-being. And I love watching things that are funny, especially if it's funny cat videos. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And that's a great thing to do. Just if you're feeling a little bit blue, a little bit down, get some exercise and or laugh a lot. These two things will go a long way to help you out. So tonight, I have a guest, and her name, well, she goes by the author name J.M. Robinson. Robinson? Robinson. She'll correct me. Either way, she'll correct me. At any rate, her first name is Jane, so I'm going to have her come on and tell us all about her writing, why she writes, when did she start, you know, the usual sort of things. Um, some things that were interesting that I found out about Jane are that she is, I think she's a sheriff deputy. I'm like, ooh, that's really interesting. She writes fantasy, historical fantasy. So that's why the show is called Writing Historical Fantasy That Sells. That's what she's writing. Um, she's written a, a few books so far. Uh, she started writing at a very young age. And she makes all of her own stuff in terms of like toothpaste and body wash and things like that and laundry detergent. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot of work. <laughs> but really cool that she does that. So, Jane, welcome to Back Porch Writer. Hi, and it's pronounced uh, Robison. <laughs> Robison, thank you. I was like, Robison, Robison, I didn't get that clarified. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so, okay, this whole, so you're, you, I was right, right? You're a sheriff's deputy, right? Yes, I am. How long have you been doing that? Uh, a culmination of about five years now. I did one year at, at uh, in Pocatello at the jail there, and then now I'm here in Elko, Nevada at the county jail, and I've been there for four years so far. What in the world made you decide to go into that line of work? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, when I was young, I was really naive, and um, I was watching a, uh, I got an email, and I was watching a a video about boot camp and I was like that sounds really fun so I hit the go button to <laughs> this connects to my, de my deputy sheriff I promise so I hit the go button to have a, a recruiter talk to me and six months later he gets with me and I was like yeah I want to join the army he's like cool so um I got I was young enough I was 17 I had to have my parents sign a waiver for me to join the army um but I went to go sign the paperwork for my military occupation and they said the only job available at the time was military police. And I was like, huh, that sounds like fun. Like, I'm super naive. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I signed my paperwork, and I went to boot camp to become military police. Well, because I'm just a reserves, um, I do drills one weekend every month. And then I've also deployed to Afghanistan, Romania. But anyway, but 
because I still needed a full-time civilian job, I thought, well, I'm a police officer in the military. I think I could do pretty well as a police officer in the civilian world. So I just kind of kept it all the same. (laughs) What's been the most interesting experience you've had thus far in that field? Oh, man. As a deputy sheriff? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Every every day is something new. Um, (laughs) We get a lot of drunk... Um, individuals, we get a lot of people who are high. Um, probably the most. There's a lot of interesting ones. I'll pick one. Um, this lady was arrested. <laughs> she came. She came to the jail, and I'm patting her down as this procedure. You know, emptying out her pockets, taking off her jewelry, and I tell her to open her mouth, and she does. And I see this black streak on her tongue, and I was like, "What's on your tongue?" And she says, "Oh, it's dirt." I was like, "Why is okay. there dirt on your tongue?" And she said, "I eat dirt." <laughs> oh. And I was like. I was like, you eat dirt. And I was like, are you pregnant? Because I know pregnant women eat dirt sometimes. And she says, no, I just like the taste of dirt. <laughs> so I, I get okay. her put away, and, and I'm searching her purse, and I pull out this bottle, and it's filled with dirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Legit, she she would eat dirt. <laughs> there's a name for that. There's there's some sort of, um, I don't call it a disease, but there is something to that. I think it starts with a P. Someone will let me know and correct me and give me the information. <laughs> but I remember that because it's something that comes up when you have kids, that sometimes kids will start to eat dirt, and, and that's when I learned the name of it that I can't seem to recall right now. It's just way back in my long-term memory and not coming back. Um, but, yeah, that's really, that's, that's really interesting <laughs> to meet an adult that still has that. Makes me wonder, were they never diagnosed <laughs> with whatever that is? Nice. I think Actually, we just get a lot of weird people in the jail. Ah, <laughs> uh, so how much of the think, how much of your experience? Sorry, how much of your experience in being a deputy sheriff, being a military police officer? How much of that sort of informs your writing? Gets into your fantasy writing? Oh man, um, a whole bunch. Um, for one, with the military, I've traveled across seas, and if you're a writer, I highly recommend experiencing a new culture because every culture has its quirks every culture has its own language and you can especially for fantasy writers you can develop your own culture um based on other cultures throughout the world that you experience so having gone to afghanistan and romania has has been able to taught me to shape my own made-up culture in my stories to make it more believable um further my current book that's published right now is called the the war queen and it's a fantasy, and it features this um, female. She's essentially a president in a fantasy setting um, of the state, and she's the first female in a position of power like that, so she faces a lot of biases. But um, my military experience, I, I am a staff sergeant, which is pretty high up there. I have a lot of responsibilities, and because the Army is in the minorities for females, I know how it feels to be treated with bias and be in the minority in a position of power. Um, just like my, and I was able to transfer that into um, my Altarn and the war queen who was in a similar position. So who among your colleagues has read your book and what did they think? Uh, oh, well, um, I had a couple, I've had two coworkers read it and they loved it. Um, I also had, uh, several individuals in my military side who have loved it as well. Male or female? Just, 
both actually. And, and I thought it was interesting because the book is, I would figure the female um, gender would appreciate the book more because it features a female protagonist in a position of political power. Um, right. But one of my biggest, one of my biggest fans is a male. <laughs> um, so I, I guess it comes down to females are more critical of females in literature, whereas men don't aren't that critical, and so they just let themselves enjoy it more. Um, uh, but turnout has been my males have enjoyed it a lot more. <laughs> it's kind of surprised. That's an interesting observation. That's a really and I think astute <laughs> actually um, observation. Okay, so what got you into writing fantasy? I mean, specifically uh, horror, historical fantasy. Um, I do write historical, but I also write just plain epic fantasies. Um, uh, not published yet, working on it, but my, my historical fantasy is based on Victorian-era England. And it, when I first wrote it, it was just, it was an epic fantasy on my own made-up world, my own made-up planet. But about a year ago, I was just, I don't even know where the thought came from, but I thought, huh, I wonder if I should turn this book into a, a historical fantasy. And and I, I liked the idea. It seemed to fit. And I researched the Victorian era, and I was like, yeah, it fits. And so I just I rewrote the entire book to, to integrate the Victorian era in it. Um, mm-hmm. But we're not talking steampunk, right? Sorry, what? We're not no, no, about not steampunk. steampunk. Not, correct, not steampunk. Okay. Just regular, you know, the whole propri- propriety, um, mm-hmm. the 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 social sense, and just being proper with, yeah, not not the steampunk part of it. Just just plain Victorian mm-hmm. area England. Mm-hmm. It's there. I happen to like quite a bit too, um, and I have an interest in the steampunk stuff. I think that's pretty cool. I just find that technology yeah. mixed with that older um, style kind of cool. So that's very interesting. And what did you say the name of that one is? Uh, the Last Wizard. The Last Wizard. I'm intrigued. Do you want to tell us more? Uh, the, <laughs> sure. The, uh, um, so it's based <laughs> on Victorian area England, um, but the book starts out in, in the Middle Ages, the year 1518. And mm. I have there's 20 wizards, and people are starting to hunt them for their magic, and so there's one left. Um, so people capture this wizard, they imprison him, he uses a spell on himself to keep him alive, and they take his magic power, um, which is held in his amulet, and they take it. And so 324 years later, <laughs> chapter two begins, and we are introduced <laughs> to this female in Victorian era England, and um, her her cousin dies, and he leaves her a cryptic, cryptic message that she has to try to figure out, and eventually this message leads her to this wizard who has been imprisoned for 324 years, who has used magic to keep himself alive. And so she, she frees him, and um, he needs to reclaim his, his amulet because um, that's how he gets his power. And But the Church of England at the same time is hunting him to kill him because church, magic is evil in the eyes of God, and he <laughs> just kind of tumbles into a mess there. It's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> whole, whole messy thing right there. <laughs> but, you know, it sounds really good and very interesting, which is why I wanted to tell oh, you a little bit more about that. Yeah, and it, as I said, I have an interest in the whole Victorian era. So I think that's really interesting. All right. So what's going to be next for you in terms of 
writing, you know, you've done this one, you've written a bunch of other books. Sounds like you're almost finished with this one. What's going on? What's going to happen next? <laughs> uh, I've written a lot of books. So uh, by, by date, I've completed eight novels. Um, one is published. Um, the last wizard I am actively seeking publication. Um, so it's just as soon as the last wizard is published, I'm actually working on its sequel. Um, and then I'll just keep publishing books until, mm-hmm. until I die, I guess. <laughs> now tell me the name of your publisher because I, I researched it, but I don't think in my head, I don't think I was pronouncing it correctly. Tiergar. Tiergar. Okay. Uh, it, it's an independent um, publisher. Um, she works out of Ireland. She's got 90-plus authors beneath her. A couple of her authors have won major awards. Um, so not well-known, but she's she's really smart and savvy that I think that she'll be able to come around and be something bigger as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Now, so you're not going a true indie self-published route because you went to this – this other publisher who's a small press from what I read. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Um, I, 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 self-publishing is not for me. It might be for others. Um, but I, for one, I can't afford my own editor or my own cover designer, but if I sign Mm -hmm. a contract, then that publishing company funds those things for me. Um, and I just, I just prefer traditional publication. Mm -hmm. I know from reading about that particular company, they don't. They do a royalty thing after the yeah. fact, so they don't do any advances. They just do uh, the royalty just thing. Just straight royalty. And I like correct. Yeah, and I like to share that with people who are listening because there are so many options when it comes to publishing. I mean, you could be an indie author, true indie author. You could be a hybrid author and do a little bit of both. That I've talked with and met with lots of authors who do that. And then you could be someone like yourself who's going, oh, I just want to do the traditional route because it makes more sense for me which is cool. Mm-hmm. It's whatever works for the person, quite frankly. So that's very interesting. Now, I also read, was, how many rejections was it? 46? 47? <laughs> the War Queen was rejected 47 times. 47 times. Where were you sending that? Um, I mean, just give me an idea. The, my saving grace is a website. It's called querytracker.com. And this they this uh, website they thousands of publishers and literary agents, and they've all been verified. But again, you want to go in and research yourself to make sure they're not scammers. But from my experience, mm-hmm. they're totally legit. Um, and a Query Tracker lets you type in the book you wrote, the, the mm-hmm. genre, so it can match you up with agents and publishers who represent that genre. So I found yeah. uh, Tier Gar on Query Tracker, and I have a literary agent who has The Last Wizard in her hands right now, and she's considering taking me on. And I found her on uh, Query Tracker as well. So I would direct anybody to Query Tracker if they're looking to submit query letters. Mm-hmm. And what was the what was your letter like? The one that finally got the attention of the <laughs> publisher. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I was actually at work and I was doing my daily thing of checking my emails and I saw, and I saw this email pop up and I was like, okay, it's another rejection letter, right? I've gotten so many of them. Why is this any different? I open it up to read my rejection letter. And the first line says, we love, I forgot how it was worded. It was super short. It was like, we, we love it. We want to sign the contract with you or something to that effect. It was like a one, two line gig. And I'm like, no way. I just stared at it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I couldn't believe it. So what do you think but in that letter got their attention? In my query letter? Well, um, every submission to every publisher and agent is different. Uh, for Tier Gar, when I initially queried them, they wanted my entire manuscript. Um, so I just sent them my entire ma manuscript. And the they have a team who will read these manuscripts, and if they like them, then they'll contact the author and offer a contract, which is what happened to me. So just they, they said that the War Queen had enough um, angst in it and uh, a lot of neat intrigue, and they, they wanted to take me on. Hmm. All right. So from a marketing perspective, who's handling what for your marketing? Uh, the marketing is 90% on me to do, which I was warned about. Um, again, my, my publisher, she's she's independent. She's got 90-plus authors. She doesn't have a team or anything to attach to each author to help them promote. So she leaves the brunt of it on us. Um, however, she will, she will help for promotions, um, and she'll help for new releases to promote to her social media avenue, as well as she gives authors – $50 every year to go toward paid promotions. Um, and she's also sent us a bunch of resources online where to go to promote and tips and tricks how to promote. And so she's been very helpful that way. She sends us the resources, and then it's our job to research and then do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. So what have you found so far that's been helpful for the book you have out right now? For marketing? Uh, I'm still trying. I'm still trying everything. I, um, I'm an introvert, so I have a really hard time putting myself out there. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I'm getting better, but um, I'm still learning how to market myself. So um, doing this podcast is one thing I've, I'm doing. I created business cards advertising myself as an author. Um, mm -hmm. I've just gotten on a couple paid. I did, I've done uh, two virtual book tours for the War Queen. Mm -hmm. um, so... Mainly, the, what, what works the best is just continuing to write and continuing to publish books. Right now, I've just got the one, so it's, mm -hmm. it's harder to get it out there because I'm not well-known yet. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the advice that's typically given is you just need to sit down and keep writing I mean, and, yeah. and write and, as, and, as much as you can. Yeah, and I've got plenty of books. Like I've, I've uh, written eight. It's just a matter of now getting them published because as I choose to do traditional publication, it's I'm waiting. I have mm -hmm. to wait for that one letter <laughs> after so right. many rejections. So um, I'm hoping to get The Last Wizard published this year. My my goal is to do a book at least once a year, hopefully every six months because I have enough books to do that. It's just a slower process. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Going the traditional route is a slower process and people need to be aware of that. Yes. And, you need, and it's, it requires a lot more patience, in my view, <laughs> to go that route. Oh, yeah, because they're they're very selective. Um, and especially the rejection letters can really get you down. What I finally did is created myself a 100 rejection folder on my on my laptop. And, every, and I would just start getting rejections, and I would collect them because the thought was I want to get 100 rejections because the 101st rejection, it will be <laughs> – a uh, an offer of publication you know for me it only took me 47 rejections but that thought process of, uh, helped me deal with them i wasn't treating the rejections as a bummer i was treating it like another step forward toward my hundreds <laughs> so that helped. <laughs> you know whatever works 
Whatever makes you yeah. put that positive spin on it, it's all that matters. <laughs> Twist it in the yeah. brain and it works. Trust yeah. me. I know from a psychology perspective that works. So twist it a bit, whatever you need to do. That's perfectly fine. So the, the, on the marketing stuff, you said you tried, you did some blog tours, right? Yeah. So how did that go for you? Um, I had one that was a month long, and uh, there's a bunch of bloggers online who do book reviews. They will read a book, post their review on their blog, so their 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 fans can come to their blog and read it. And so the War Queen was featured on 30 different um, blog book blogs and every day it would go to be featured on one blog and the next day it would be a, a different blog and some of the, some days they would do like a, an author interview other days they do just a, a chapter like a story excerpt um, or just a, a general spotlight of what the book was about <clears throat> so that helped give me some exposure for sure How has it helped your sales? Um, the the only sales I'm able to track is with Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. So if they're selling on, so for Amazon, it's not very good right now. But if they're buying them on, let's see, iBook or or Nook, Smashwords, or Kobo, I can't see it. I have to wait until I get my royalty check every three months to see how well I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you've got it listed in, I, I guess I should ask this, on Amazon, who chose the categories for you? Did you choose them? My publisher them? did. Publisher. My publisher. Yeah, did. they have you in. They have you in Kindle Store, Kindle eBooks, Romance, Military, and your your rank mm-hmm. as of today, this hour in that category is eleven thousand nine hundred thirty four, and then oh, it got better. They've got you. <laughs> that's not bad. I mean, giving your your new that's not that's not a horrible thing. There's things that can well, that you can do to change that, but yeah, I mean that's where it is. You know. It's it's mm-hmm. in the million mark for paid in Kindle store, but that's not unusual. That's not the number. That's not the number I typically look at right away. I tend to look at your mm-hmm. at people specific categories and see where they are in their category. Um, mm-hmm. And there there's a guy. Have you heard of Nick Stevenson? No. You need to look him up. That would be very helpful for you. So okay. check out his check out his stuff because one of the things that really helped me turn things around a little bit for how I was doing some marketing was I looked at something he was just coming out with and it was how to get your email subscribers. But that wasn't so much the part that I was looking at. It was more, he really was helping me figure out and understand Amazon and how it works mm. and how to do keywords and how to get categories and how to, and that really did work. That was very helpful. Um, and for the last year or so, since I, I'm in graduate school right now. So since I started graduate school, I have done almost zero marketing Hello, everybody. I've done almost zero marketing. It's true. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but there's, but the books I have are still, some of them are still where they need to be or very close, which is interesting. Um, and I really should write a blog post about this at some point when I have time <laughs> and I'm not writing papers for school. Um, but in any case, I found his stuff very, very helpful. So I would highly recommend checking in. I get nothing for that. I'm not an affiliate for Nick Stevenson. I'm telling everybody that right now. I just found his stuff very helpful. Um, and there's okay. enough information out there for you to glean what you need to know. So just do that. Because he's cool. got a paid program, too. He's got a paid thing. Oh, but, cool. you know, you can choose to do that or not. I never did that. So I got enough information to understand what to do next. It was really helpful. Um, another tool that's really helpful, because your, author, your publisher only does digital books, right? 
um, they do digital until I make enough sales on digital, then they go to print. But yeah, she's digital first. That's what I thought. Okay. So there's, um, no, that's not the one I want. I'm looking at my computer if you're curious what I'm doing right now. Um, there is, ah, here it is, KDROI. Have you uh, looked at that yet? No. KDROI, check that out. That did not cost a whole lot of money, but what it allows you to do, and it's linked into Amazon, is it allows you to do promotions and run promotions for your book. So oh, okay. if, that, if your publisher's not doing that, it's a way for you to do it. So if you have a book that's a free book, you can use this tool really effectively. If you have a book that you've got your book for 99 cents for a period of time, you can use this tool pretty effectively. Um, so that's another really great resource that I found over the years. Okay. Um, so just throwing that out there for you. I have a few others, <laughs> but start with those two. That's what I would recommend. Okay. Start with those two and, and see um, if that helps you with your marketing. Because I'm like you, I'm an introvert. And so it's challenging oftentimes as an introvert to, as you said, put yourself out there. Um, yes. And for a variety of reasons. It's, for me, it's just because it's so flipping exhausting <laughs> to do it. <laughs> um, but because I'm not an extrovert, you know, so extroverts do it very naturally. Introverts don't. And a lot of writers are introverts. So it, it's yeah. about finding the tools that can support you and, and kind of make things go the way they need to. And then you can recharge <laughs> for a little bit and then go back out and do some stuff. So that's yeah. what I is some of that. Um, but there's tons of resources out there that are, that are out there for, you know, indie authors tend to get exposed to a lot of this stuff, I think, pretty quickly these days where people that are going the traditional route don't necessarily get that, which is unfortunate because you're really charged with doing your own marketing. You know, so it'd be helpful if you yeah. actually knew some of this stuff, right? So right. There you go. Those are my two two of my tips for you. <laughs> oh, cool. You Thank use. you. Okay, but since I gave you two tips, now you have to give a tip. <laughs> so what's a, a tip, tip for for everybody else? Cool. Uh, a tip. Um, I'll go back on the rejection thing. Um, it's. I've heard of so many authors just getting so discouraged who a lot of self publishers I feel seek traditional, but they are turned away so many times that they, and they, they know they have a good story and they want to get published so bad that they fall into the self publishing route, which is fine. But if traditional publication is what you want, continue to pursue it. Uh, you just funny. The war queen was only rejected so many times because I was pitching it as a fantasy when after, what, 45 rejections, I had a couple family members read my book, and they said, hey, that was a great romance. I'm like, romance? I don't, I don't write romances. <laughs> romances are cheesy, and I hate cheesy. <laughs> and, but I, I looked up the elements to a romance, and sure enough, the War Queen fell into that category, not heavily. It's uh, 80% fantasy, but there is enough romantic element in it that it did qualify as a the romance. So I switched up my query letters um, and said, I, you know, I'm pitching this fantasy romance. And as soon as I did that, I had two different literary agents request the entire manuscript and then Tier Gar offered me a contract. I'm like, oh, so <laughs> the fault mm-hmm. was on me. So, so the advice I would, I would tell other writers is, okay, I hate romances. I don't read them. Um, but I wrote one and it just happened. <laughs> so make sure you know what, <laughs> 
the story you wrote, even if you're ashamed of it, whatever, make sure you had the correct <laughs> genre to it and then use that to query <laughs> with. You have a lot less rejections. Oh, that is an excellent tip. <laughs> That's a great tip. Now, Jane, one of the things that I do appreciate about what how you've handled things, and, and I find this very interesting because you've said you're an introvert, this is new to you, you're not really sure about the marketing and stuff, but one of the things that you did and did well and did right, in my opinion, is that when we scheduled this interview and you went to my Calendly site to do the interviewing, the scheduling, I saw an email from you that went to my info at backporchwriter.com site, and I went and checked it. I saw the email and went, oh, she's got all the information I need, and now I can move forward. Now, I tell people they need to get the information to me a day, minimum a day before, or I'll cancel their interview because I have to have time to get things set up on the day of the show, mm-hmm. right? But you sent me yeah. that information, and I so appreciate it. Your, your whole letter was very professional, and I thought, she's on the ball. I appreciate that. So I want to thank you so much for <laughs> doing that. That was really helpful, and some people don't realize how oh, helpful welcome. that is. That was really helpful. Yeah, so keep doing that. Any podcast yeah, person who, any, I'm not even kidding, any podcast host that you deal with is going to love that that's how you handle things and that you, you're sending the stuff and, and that you make the effort to make sure you've dotted the I's and crossed the T's and all that. Because as a podcaster, I do this for free. I don't make any money doing this. This is just a labor of love. I, I want to do it. And I try and make it as streamlined as possible. <laughs> so I appreciate when the author's, like you follow through and do it your end of the the deal. So keep okay. doing that without a doubt. I will. Keep doing Thank that. you. And then uh, the next book that comes out, be sure you get a hold of me and send me a message <laughs> so that we can get you back <laughs> on the show. Um, because I cool. think that'll be a lot of fun to talk about the wizard one. Because I'm like, oh, Victoria in England. All right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> so thank you so much for being with me on Backport Rider tonight. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, have a great evening. You too. Bye. All right, everybody, you need to go check out her her book. It's over on Amazon, and it's called The War Queen. The cover's really nice, very digital. It looks really good. And I know that her publisher does the cover design and, and all that jazz, and it, it just it looks really good. So go check that out. It's only $4.99 on Kindle. So, it, you know, you could if you're into the whole fantasy thing, pick up the book, leave a review. Because, of course, authors always need review love. She's got about, I think, five reviews or something right now. Yeah, I think so. Um, anyway, go check it out. No, I'm wrong. She's got eight. They're all good, by the way. So, and they're ver- most of them are verified reviews. So go check it out. See what you think of her book. And then leave her a review so other readers can find her work. I want to thank you so much for joining me here on Back Porch Rider, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit the bell, and write. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackPorchWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit the bell, and write. <laughs>